and we are back for PWW Talks episode. Is this three or four? I already forgot. Should have. I should have looked this up before we started this. Great start to the recording. Yeah, this is four. All right, we're back for PWW Talks four. Thank you. That's what I was trying to figure out. Like what episode we're on? I'm back again today. I am him. I am G. We are back. Rami Dakota, say what up, and we'll jump right into this. Hey, Ezekiel. Okay. We're all here. Also walk with his, or no, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> the whole crew's back, and uh, we're going to jump right into this. Today, we're going to start with AEW. Uh, we are 24 hours removed from the big announcement from Tony Khan. Tony Khan has announced the AEW slash NJPW joint super show taking place at the end of June on pay-per-view, coming from the Chicago Center. How do we feel about it? Uh, how do you, what do you want to see on there? Let's just talk about the announcement as a whole. I cannot wait to sleep the entire night. <laughs> the, is on. the entire night. I am going to get home. Okay. I am going to lay down. I'm going to buy an extra pillow just so I make sure I sleep extra good when this massive pay-per-view is on TV. I like that you're planning your naps out two and a half months in advance or something. Yeah. <laughs> now, wait. This is going to be the best night of my life. Sleeping. <laughs> That, ladies and gentlemen, is how you take care of your mental health by planning your nap in advance like this. Um, I mean, I, I understand I understand Dakota's viewpoint as he's not a big AEW or New Japan person. Uh, this announcement wasn't a huge announcement. I feel like it's not game-changing. I mean, it's cool that we're going to have a whole pay-per-view uh, with the two shows. I really don't want it to be company versus company the entire pay-per-view, if you want to know the truth. I think that's the route they're going to go with it. Which, like, it'll be fun, but only if they build up the stories. Like Dakota was talking about, like, before we started recording to me, and I'm going to steal this point from him, is, like, we want to, like, we want a reason why they're wrestling. And if they just put together random-ass matches between the two companies and say, hey, we're doing a whole night of, like, verses, like, it's a cool crossover. It'll be a lot of great matches. We'll see some great um, one-off matches, obviously. But I want, like, more to it. I want to see, like, some story. I hope there's some, like, just AEW matches they build up for it. I hope there's just some new Japan matches that we build up with. And then like maybe a, like two or three of the big matches are the company versus company and just build it up properly, really make the show like what it reach its full potential and just do something with it. That would be industry changing a pay-per-view that matters between the two is because especially if you do it the right way, this could be like a fifth AEW pay-per-view this year rather than the four we normally get. And it would feel like that little bit of time between double or nothing and this pay-per-view, that'll feel important. It won't just feel like they're building throwaway storylines. And it'll also make the wait till the September pay-per-view just a little bit shorter. Rami, how do you feel about all this? So I am definitely not to the extreme that Dakota is. I actually like AEW. I think that I, I like it, Dakota is definitely not an AEW diehard. I'm not a diehard no, so fan. I just can't watch it right now with my work schedule so i don't really you know i'm a fan of some people in it i just don't have the ability to really watch it with my current person yeah, and you know if yeah. you really cared if you really cared about professional wrestling what you would do is you would call sick for that day and the day after so you can see the whole pay-per-view so do you care dakota or not <laughs> uh I mean, are you gonna pay my bills for the night or the day every wednesday sure if you want to He's talking about for the pay-per-view. I will not be working. I'm saying for AEW in general. There's not a oh, yeah. way... It, there is not a way in hell 
that you can give make me give anybody a dollar for this event. <laughs> Luckily, well, okay. My opinion, though, on, in regards to this, um, I feel like it's the borderline thing between I, everyone's been criticizing every Tony Khan major announcement that he always teases and all that. And I mean, one of them fell short with him teasing about the Forbidden Door and then Jay White came for like a little backstage montage. The other one was him buying ROH. So in my opinion, this big announcement is kind of in the middle of like those two intensities because him announcing ROH was actually a big deal. Jay White thing was him, I guess, getting flustered and he fell flat. But this is actually a big announcement, but it was not a good, well-kept secret. And in my opinion, I mean, I watch NJPW a little bit. I don't exactly follow it religiously and all that. So there are diehards that are super excited about this event. I kind of feel like it's just another event. I mean, if you guys, there was a super show um, that they had and JPW had last weekend. And AEW was not announced as like a co uh, a co whatever um, sponsor with that event, but half the card had AEW uh, wrestlers in it. I mean, John Moxley was in it. Several other wrestlers were in it. So, does AEW really need to announce this so that they can have their wrestlers all over the place? Not really. I just feel like it's, in my opinion, WWE is trying to be its own universe. Literally, AEW is trying to bring all the other pieces of the globe together to try to combat that. I can't really say I'm excited for the event more than I actually respect the business initiative. You know, teamwork makes the dream work. So cool. You know, maybe this way they'll actually get some traction over WWE. But I'm not that excited about the event itself, to be honest. No, I understand that. And like, I'm not like it wasn't that it was a small announcement. I definitely feel it was somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. Uh, I don't like. I just don't know if you had to like hype it up the way you did for a week saying like you have an announcement like i said it's not necessarily as in as you think it is like you just said they had that joint show where it wasn't an official crossover but you felt like it was a crossover i feel like it like obviously this this arena might put more butts in seats than they did for all in but like all in really was like the big industry change in show because that one didn't they have impact involved at all in as well um, I'm making up things in my head. I thought Impact. No, I mean they had the champion. No, they did a little the Impact title. The Impact title was wasn't it on Christian Cage? I think. Yeah, so it's just um, more my point of like, like this is big, but it's not like the first time ever, and this won't be the last one ever. But it's really cool that it is going to be on pay per view. It's really cool. It's in Chicago. Hopefully by that point, CM Punk will be the headliner for AEW, and we'll get. Hopefully we'll get the match between him and Okada because that's what I want to see. But. Like I shared, well, it seems like it's gonna be, seems like yeah. it's gonna be Kenta versus CM Punk. Yeah, it's, it, it's gonna be GTS versus GTS, which I am telling you right now, GTS is one of the worst finishers in the entire wrestling, the history of wrestling. And I think that match, if it's going to be determined based on a finisher, it will be a horrible match because both of them use that finisher and it's a horrible finisher. It's, it's so hard to sell, like. Just- Hey, speaking of BTS, remember how Punk couldn't hit one last night and he got hit by a crossroads and file driver and then he still kicked out just to win by a roll-up? Yeah, and he tried to do a GTS on Dustin, then after that he couldn't. So he told him, just go, just just let me roll you up for the three. 
I'm still triggered by that, by the way. That was such a good match, and they made it go too long, and they ruined it with that ending. But I'm going to move us on from this point because uh, we don't need to get going on that. Uh, also in AEW, what's been going on is we've had the Hook and Dan House in storyline. So, Rami, I guess this one's going to have to be between me and you. Like we said, Dakota hasn't been able to watch lately. Uh, where do you think the storyline's going? Do you think they're going to be a tag team? Are they going to feud? I know they teased like the first match between the two, which will be Hook's biggest match to date, and it'll be Dan Housen's AEW debut, hopefully, and they don't like throw him on dark before for a warm up. Uh, how do you feel about this? Is this like a match you want to see? Like, what are you? What are your expectations for all this? Yeah, so I mean, I can't see them putting Hook and Dan Housen together in the tag team, so I don't see that being the way they go. And to be honest, I think this is a horrible first feud for both of them because neither of them deserves a loss to start. Like, I don't understand the philosophy behind it. I can understand as, you know, both of them get a little bit of reps going, they can talk, like, they can end up having one of the first, one of those people be the first loss. But both of those people are very over. Heel or not, they're both very over. I mean, Hook is a heel, technically, but everyone loves him. So Dan Housen, everyone loves him, too. He's been nursing an injury. So, I mean, that's what I'm hearing, that he hasn't fought until now because he's been nursing an injury. Him making his first AEW match be against Hook? Why would either of them deserve a loss? I just don't understand the philosophy behind it. In terms of Dan Housen, though, that was, like, one of the first times I actually heard him say more than, like, one sentence back to back. So um, when they were in the ring together yesterday. So I guess... I am excited for the match. I'm not excited for the outcome. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get that. I see I'm on the opposite end of you. I think that they are going to become a tag team because I feel like they kind of just added Dan House. Like, with the best friends, it was originally Trent, Cassidy, and Statlander, right? Am I missing someone? Because they added Rocky Mm -hmm. Romero. I think that's his name over the summer. They added Wheeler randomly over the summer. And then they kind of— yeah, so it was originally between those guys, and then they added all these extra people in the last few months, and you could tell started. they kind of started to, like, backtrack on it. And so maybe this is, like, the same thing like they did with Wheeler, where they're like, ah, him and the best friends wasn't the best idea. So now they're going to pull Dan Housen out of it. And obviously, like, the future for Hook is bright, especially with how much fandom. This guy could be a terrible wrestler at the end of the day. But, like, just how over he is with the AEW fans, I think he's going to have a long career with them. And he's just going to be around for a while just for the draw that – not the draw, but the fanfare, the fan engagement until that falls off. So why not stick Dan Housen with them eventually? I don't know if they actually will have a match. Maybe it'll end up being interfered and it turns into a tag match or something. Like we've talked about previously on this podcast, the freaking – the segments have been great overall between the two. They're always enjoyable. They're always a good laugh. Um, so it would make sense that they do have the chemistry to throw them as a team. I just, yeah, like you said, it kind of feels like they booked themselves in a weird position here, and I guess we'll have to see where it goes. But I am excited to see Dan House and wrestle. It'll be cool if they actually do give, like, if they make this a competitive match, as is Dan Housen's debut, because, I mean, even that Dynamite match, that was still pretty big squash by Hook. I don't remember how much off Dude, he fought nobody. He fought a nobody. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I so. Mean, I like Hook. I like all the hype. I don't even think that Hook is... I mean, Hook's matches have been impressive. But the thing is, you have to, like, minus a point because he's not fought anyone that is actually on the roster. He's fighting all these indie squash talents, and it doesn't matter at all, like, when you look at it as this being the first person that is relevant that he's actually facing. I mean, 
the whole storyline built up to yesterday when they were in the ring, the whole thing that Danhausen said is, if I can't curse you, then I will fight you. Okay, I mean, that is going to be, I guess, the whole, like, the whole thing was about Danhausen cursing everyone from Regal to all the other people, whatever, but Hook was the only person that was immune. So I can't, I mean, I guess I can see, oh, he's the only person in the roster immune, so they team up. But I really don't like that. I, I like tag team wrestling. I don't like them just throwing two misfits together, expecting it to, like, turn into... This would not be anything more than a very, 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 like, I guess, I guess one-off, if anything. But I can't see them be a long-term tag team. And I would hate that to be the, the scenario that Hook goes. People have been talking about Hook actually wrestling and all that. So he goes from wrestling squash matches to end up being part of a tag team. And I don't know. They booked themselves into a corner. Is exactly right. That's all. It it definitely has like a WWE tag team feel where you have like the comedian with the more serious guy. I think I guess I guess a good example that comes off the top of my head would be Booker T and Goldust back in the early two thousands. Okay, bro. RK bro. There you go. That's a good one. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, like we both just said, we'll have to see where it goes. To give Hook some credit, though, I did pull up his match list. His, he did face one member on the roster, and it was QT Marshall at the Revolution pay-per-view. He also fought Bear Bronson once, but, I mean, that was a squash match against yeah. someone that was, like, three times the size. But, but yeah, I mean, also, it's like, who was Bear Bronson? <laughs> Fair enough. Not to be uh, disrespectful, but, I mean, that man's literally just used to, like, I just pulled up his profile. His last match in AEW was uh, to be squashed by um, the Alistair's, tri- not Alistair, Malachi's trio in a three-six-man tag, and his tag team partners were Bear Boulder and Fuego del Sol. So I'm going to stick with Bear Bronson as my final answer there. Can you believe Fuego del Sol has an AEW contract, but Cesaro doesn't? Sorry, I don't know. I'm I'm, I I'm waiting like for Cesaro wants the break. Like I don't, and I feel like he doesn't know what he wants to do. Um, yeah, I, I have one random thought I'd like to backtrack on to the announcement post, the announcement topic, real quick. And I just wanted to point out that see, everything is long term storytelling. Jay White disappeared from TV after making a one off appearance, and he popped back up yesterday to announce this. Yeah. Oh, long term. Uh, on that note, regarding this this whole super show, I feel like either they're doing it where the undisputed elite, which is Red Dragon and the young and the elite young bucks, is going to be teaming up with Bullet Club, or which I think is kind of more, in my opinion, more logical. It's going to be the undisputed elite versus the Bullet Club at that super show, and and that's I mean, a good example. That like that's cut you off, but that's a good example, yeah. like. They should do the one, like, they should do the big matches. Like, that should be one of the matches that's a crossover. We do the Punk and Okada or the Punk and Kenta and give us one more that's, like, a big crossover and then build the other, like, build some story into it, fill out the pay-per-view, stuff like that. There was one more person that called out someone on the roster. I forget who. But, I mean, basically right after that announcement happened, all the NJPW roster started, like, tweeting out who they want to fight. It was really funny, actually. Like, you can look up all these wrestlers and just see between, like, 9 and 10 p.m. yesterday. They would start tweeting out all these people. I want to fight this guy. I want to fight that guy. So, it's just I not mean, a way to set it all up. But hopefully the pay-per-view will be good. Hopefully Duke and Duke, Hook and Dan Housen will be good. 
Hook and Downhausen isn't going to be in the pay-per-view. That's going to be in uh, all or nothing. I was, saying, though, like, I was wrapping up that, too. I was kind of bringing yeah. it like back as a point to wrap both of those up as I brought us backwards. So now Dakota can rejoin us because this is something he can have an opinion on. We have the Adam Page and CM Punk feud. The seeds have been planted, and this is it. We're finally going to hopefully see CM Punk get a championship in All Elite Wrestling. Hopefully this will be the end of the Double or Nothing pay-per-view. This will be the main event. They've been building CM Punk up over the last few weeks. They really made it a point to put their stand-ins up in front of us. He, he saw him beat Penta. He beat someone else that was ahead of him in the stand-ins. I forgot who off the top of my head. We saw this great clash with Dustin Rhodes that went 20 minutes yesterday for no reason other than we had to continue building CM Punk and making Dustin look good. CM Punk seems to be the number one contender. Adam Page came out, did the stare down with CM Punk. He's finally done with Adam Cole. CM Punk's ready to go for the title. He's getting back in the form. He's doing suicide dives again. How do you feel about this? How do you guys feel? What do we want to see? What do we hope the result is? Let's talk about it. Anybody but Adam Page. As I've said before, I don't like Adam Page. I don't know why. I don't think I don't find him like exciting to watch. I don't think he has um the um charisma, I guess, even though people like him. Um so personally I don't care if Darby Allen won the title off of him. Anybody but him. So, obviously, they're going to give Punk the title because they're paying him $900 trillion a year. They gave him Cody Rhodes' contract. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Go, finish your thought. I'm just curious, how much are they actually paying him? Because I have no idea what his salary is, but I've been very curious. I'm going to Google it while Dakota finishes his point. Uh, my point is that Adam Page sucks and that they should give the title to a donkey. If okay. A donkey. <laughs> so, uh, Sounds so unbiased. Meme worthy enough. Uh, they did give CM CM Punk Cody Rhodes his money. Three million. Punk signed for three million over three years. Yeah, exactly. Well, Cody Rhodes is getting six. Are you? No, he's getting but... three. I think I think he signed for three also. He didn't sign. I thought it was three years. No one, no, was... no one's getting six besides Brock. Brock gets like nine, I think. Which is I'm pretty sure Roman's close after um, merchandise to six, but I could be wrong on they're that. Not giving, they're not giving Cody Rhodes six million. That'd be insane, imagine. They're not. I heard it was three years. Long. I heard it was three years, 18 million. So, I mean, maybe I'm There's wrong, absolutely but... no way. I, 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 I've heard I it can was understand also. I feel like it, I've heard it was three also. Um, To keep us on topic, though, yeah, I mean, this the Adam Page. Rivalry has been, I mean, the reign's been what it's been. It's had some good, it's been, Adam Page has had really solid matches in this championship reign. That should not be understated. Even his little, like, random encounter with Dante Martin, that was a solid championship match. However, it's just the reign as a whole has been underwhelming. The builds, the in-betweens each week, they haven't really, like, a lot of weeks, it's just him running out and attacking who he's facing. And it just hasn't been engaging. It hasn't been. I think. You're good. He, he can't build a story. You, I think that's where you go back to where there's no storytelling. I don't care why. Why are you wrestling this person for the belt after a week and a half? Like, there's no. And then the problem is after the match, they don't even talk about the other person ever again. And the other person just moves on to something else. 
So it's like I'm not engaged in what he's doing, you know. And then you look at Roman, for example, you know, my tribal chief, the greatest ever alive. Ever. As a story, and you know what he's doing. Even though not, it's getting, you know, to a point, but at the same time, it's not just random matches every month for 30 minutes. And then even though they are good matches, it's like, why are you fighting this man? You know? I feel like a huge part of it, like, so if you compare Roman and Adam right now, like, side by side, they're both wrestling essentially the same amount of matches in the same amount of time. But like you just said, like, the storytelling, there's a reason in really? it's continuous. Yeah. If you notice, Roman doesn't wrestle a lot. Yeah, Adam uh, Page is. Adam Page is wrestling every week. No, he's not. He's had, like, eight matches in his title defense. How many weeks has he been champion, dude? November. Like, nine. Oh, I guess maybe I'm thinking time does fly. All right, well, like I mean, he showed, I, like like they both show up every week, and they both don't wrestle every week, which is fine. You don't have to have your champion wrestle every week. It's probably better not to have your champion wrestle every week. It's more worthy. But it's just like I don't know. It's just the way they built every feud, every rivalry. It's just been underwhelming. It's all rushed. It all goes very premature. I agree. Um, on that side, I'm pretty sure that. I mean, maybe you guys disagree. Feel free to uh, interject if you do, but I'm almost certain that this is going to be CM Punk's victory, and he's going to win the title. If not for anything, I have not been a very big fan of CM Punk's return. I love CM Punk on the mic and everything like that, but his return, I feel like people are saying, oh, he's better now because he's, I don't know, more, he's not as agile. He, I just don't understand. But the best thing that you can always say is he, they need the ratings, and he is ratings draw. He's the biggest ratings draw they probably have on the roster. They had so, the worst viewers yesterday in two and a half, three months. Yeah. And I mean, yesterday was actually a pretty great show, in my opinion. It was a very good two hours. I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, so you know, We are on the same page there. I think this is CM Punk's time to win it. He, like, I do agree also. his Not that his return's been bad. It's also been underwhelming. But part of it's like, you know, like they didn't throw him right away in the big money feuds. Like, we got that big Darby match off rip, which was cool. Then it was kind of, it was pretty slow up until the um, the MJF, MJF stuff. And then since MJF, it's been like, oh, he's ramping back up. And I think that's what a huge part of it was, is like, he wanted to break the rust off, break the rust off. By the end of the MJF thing, he's had his mic practice again. He's had his wrestling practice. And these matches have slowly gotten better over the last few weeks. And like I said, I think it was the Penta match when he did the suicide dive. I'm 99% sure that was his first suicide dive back since returning. And I could be wrong. Maybe he did one on a pay-per-view. But, like, that was just cool to see. And, like, we are seeing how he's getting back into form. And I feel like that Dustin match yesterday, even though they did drag it a little too long, was a great showcase of what Punk's able to do in the ring again. And like you said, they do need the ratings. And there's nothing. There's not going to be a better rating that AEW gets. Maybe when MJF is champion. But when you put CM Punk as your face of the company and turn him heel, the ratings, I don't know if they're going to jump, but they're going to be steady. Wait, enough. Why do you think he's, why do you think he's going to turn heel? Oh, I don't. Because Adam Page is a, Adam Page is a baby no, face. I'm not saying he's turning heel yet, but when they, I think they will during the rain. That will be the best way to get the best ratings, the best work out of CM Punk. That's fair. He is a very good heel. He's 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 a, a strong heel. I agree with that. CM Punk is a better heel than he is a face. That's a fact. That's a fact. CM Punk's kind of an asshole. He is. His 14-month title reign, 
uh, it was, I loved it overall. Like that was like, obviously I, I'm a huge CM Punk fan. That was my time during WWE when I was absolutely in love with it. But the best parts of that feud was the second half after he turned heel. And you got to see yeah. him with Rock and Cena. And I don't even remember who else he faced, but just CM Punk as the heel was great. And that was the that's the CM Punk that we all look back and remember. And that was the CM Punk that captivated us. Face CM Punk is fun because we get to see him. He's laughing. He's 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 still a great wrestler. But just when he gets to be that heel, he gets to he feels more natural. It feels more like the leader. He feels like the superstar in CM Punk. Yeah. Well, speaking of my favorite, like I can't even say that I know too many. In, well, actually, definitely when he made the Nexus, the original Nexus or whatever. If you remember that, that was him yep. as a heel as well. But my favorite CM Punk line and something that basically is quintessential CM Punk heel is when he was with Rock and he said, your arms are too short to box with God. Like, yeah. I'm just, I, I'm never going to forget that line. Your arms are too short to box with God. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was anyone, old, that was my wallpaper on my old iPod touch. <laughs> anyone that has good mic skills, they are just, it, just because being a heel is, or having mic skills makes being a heel so much easier. Very hard to find some like a reason for someone to be a face just because they talk well. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of someone that naturally became a face without talking to like without any kind of like adversity just because he's good on the mic, other than Ezekiel. But even that, I mean, lie detectors are adversity if you think about it. But to bring it back to the main title, conspiracy theory time, maybe you guys might actually think this makes sense. I haven't really discussed it with you guys yet. Okay. Um since WrestleMania, Roman hasn't really done anything except, I'm not criticizing this, by the way, but I mean, he hasn't done anything other than when he, whenever he is on screen, he just lifts his two belts up and then back down. Maybe a few sentences, whatever, but he hasn't been much, he hasn't done much since yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah, because there's, there's nothing else he has to do. Give me a minute, give me a minute, because this also makes me wonder why he hasn't really, they haven't really dictated his next feud. Nothing really is figured out properly here. And my thinking is the reason why this is, is because they're basically trying to, and why they shifted all the attention to unifying the tag team titles. Maybe it's coincidence and timing is just a coincidence here, but I genuinely think it's because they're trying to take some attention off of Roman to give him time to recover. The big theory was the match ended prematurely at WrestleMania because Roman, because Roman was probably injured, maybe separated his shoulder or something. And no, they haven't really addressed that ever since then. But what they did is what, if you recall, the next day, he came on for Raw. He came on on Friday as well. Or they actually didn't, he didn't, they didn't bring him on Raw, but they teased him coming on Friday. And he hasn't done anything that requires him to actually be in good health other than just lift his hands. But I think the reason why they haven't really moved that storyline and they're focusing fully on the tag team thing is because Roman has an injury that they don't really know how long it might take to heal. And they can't say, oh, Roman Reigns is going to need four months to recover. And so that he's going to drop the titles after he just unified them, whatever the hell. You know, like, if he actually has to do something because he's injured, they're trying to keep it under wraps very seriously. I have some very bad news for you, and I wish five hundred people have said that it's not. He's not injured. Yeah, I I, I got some. I'm gonna debunk. How, who said that though? Every <laughs> single big person. Listen, listen. I went to a house show on Sunday. That man is not injured. He wrestled like a 20 minute match with Drew McIntyre, and they absolutely fucking tore the house down. They had the whole Damn. crowd 
Afro. And it was the most exciting thing of the night. It was, it got a bigger pop than Cody versus Seth. The fans Damn. were more into Roman and Drew than Cody versus Seth. Sean Ross he said he wasn't injured. Dave Meltzer said he wasn't injured. Okay, Fight okay. No, no, no. I, I, I take it all back. I take, now I feel like this, I, I mean, I had my whole conspiracy, my tinfoil hat on and everything, but <laughs> so much for that. No, I'm I, just I, hoping that I you had a good idea there. Um, see, that's what last SmackDown was really weird. It was like they didn't, last SmackDown was just very stagnant. It yes. didn't stress like anything besides the tag team stuff, but that was the opening of the show. Was it last SmackDown? Two SmackDowns ago. I don't Both know. of the last Whenever, SmackDowns have been lackluster. Whenever we actually, just, we actually said this, if you remember, we were like, why has SmackDown just progressively went down and all goes up? Uh, that's, we're going to talk about that next week. But um, on SmackDown, whatever, I think it's going to be Shinsuke versus Roman, but they haven't figured out why because they closed that one show with them attacking Shinsuke. And since they haven't thrown anything together, I feel like it's just going to be like Shinsuke comes out and tries to set it up this week again. Um, I don't know why Shinsuke is next in line. It's great because I'm a Shinsuke fan. I know Shinsuke lose, but oh, absolutely. But they really have made the full attention of WWE right now on this tag team storyline. The Usos are bigger than they've ever been. Randy and Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle, Riddle have the most momentum on Raw probably. They're being involved in almost some of the biggest segments on each show besides the Cody segments. So it's really just interesting to see how WWE has shifted the attention, like you said, away from Roman, because they have done that. You are 100% correct. Roman is a backseat right now to the tag team titles in this tag team storyline. And I don't know. I mean, I know the match is announced for Backlash. Maybe they do go ahead and they get them on the Usos that night. Maybe this is a DQ and we don't see it for another month or whatever, because this has potential to drag out, especially with how great the Usos have been in the ring alone. The Usos, I was thinking about this. The Usos are a heel tag team. That win match is clean. Yeah. How often do the Usos do something underhanded to retain their titles? Like, they are simply out wrestling in opponents. And this has been at least – I'm not going to say this has been the whole reign. I'm going to go back to – um, I think it was day one when they beat New Day clean in that really great match between them. And, like, since then, like, I can't think of a title match where they had to – okay, so the closest they've done to cheating was when they attacked the Viking Raiders in um, Saudi on the way to the ring. But, like, besides that... But they beat the Raiders a million times over clean, too. So yeah, that shouldn't it, really... Like, it's great how they've booked this tag team and how strong they look. And it's great that they get the shine they deserve. Like, if there was a way... I don't think you put Roman on before the tag team match at Backlash. But if the Usos were able to close out the pay-per-view, they absolutely 100% deserve it. Against RK Bro. Because that is the two hottest things in this... Like, we have Cody... That's going to be the main event, yeah. That That's, should be the main event. It really should be, especially with how they're trying to push Roman to the back, even if he's on second to last. I know we're not supposed to put the title, Matt, like we had this discussion when talking about the WrestleManias next year, and Rock and Roman, you don't want to put yeah. the title not on last. But maybe this is the one time you excuse that, because like, there's the momentum, how you've been building it. Just let the Usos have their shine. Let RK-Bro have their shine. We know RK-Bro is mm-hmm. on time because WWE has to rush everything, but... Overall, it really is an enjoyable storyline. I've enjoyed every segment that they've had each week, and they're just continuously building it. And, yeah, they've done, like, the little one-on-one matches and whatnot, but they're keeping it interesting. Even with, like, how the Street Profits on Raw this past week played the Usos' music, and, like, it was just them playing the Usos' music, like, they're keeping it involved and keeping the story progressing. The Usos are in RK-Bro's head. 
Yeah, I mean, it is the most compelling story, in my opinion, other than Ezekiel, Ezekiel and KO. I like yeah. it. I mean, I don't really know what they're going to do, but I, I I, just like that. And the Uso, the unification of the tag titles is the most compelling story on either either, divid- either show right now, in my opinion. Can't really think of anything else that's excelling that. Not to get us off topic, but what if Ezekiel and KO end up as a tag team? That is possible just because of how the KO Seth Rollins thing happened ended um, on Monday. If you remember, with KO walking out on the match because Seth Rollins was like scolding him or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Um, I can see that. I think it'll take a little build to it where they actually have to fight first because, I mean, right now KO is all about I hate liars. I hate liars. When the last three four months have been about him being a big liar and all that. Um, it just seems like they have to fight it out first. Oh, but, absolutely. I think we'll that's to... usually how people come tag teams anyways at this point. Yeah, where did the British whatever club, John Moxley and Daniel Bryan, they had to be... Blackpool Combat Club. Not yeah, I called British them British Combat. Club. Because <laughs> that's another WWE tag team with no rhyme or reason why they're together besides we put them together. Hey, shout out to Wheeler. Black club. We're yeah. paying them too much money to not be working, so let's just put them as a tag team. Yeah, and William Regal. That kills all the birds with one stone. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the premise behind it, that William Regal is like both of Moxley and Danielson's mentors, to an extent, I think it makes sense. But either way, I, I, I don't know how that, that end is going to end up evolving, whether they end up being a huge faction that is just like every time Danielson and Moxley stomp someone down to death, they end up joining them afterwards. But <laughs> like... Did I share my theory in the group chat why why um they were formed together or no? No, I don't think so. Um, I think that they're gonna be the first. Uh, I thought it was gonna be Red Dragon, but now I've switched again. And I'm gonna switch every time a new trios tag team is put together. But the the Blackpool whatever club, they will be the first ghost <laughs> tag team champions. I can see that. So no, the the they'll be the first trios tag team champions because I know you know Tony Khan is. I feel like this has to be the year he introduces it. They've been teasing this since. The inception. He's already confirmed. He's already confirmed that they've discussed it, but he hasn't mentioned that they're actually going to do it. He said, "Has there been discussions about releasing a trio's title?" This was something. Like, this was end of 2021, so it's not recent where you found this. He said, "Yeah, it's been discussed." In terms of, is it inevitable? Absolutely. I mean, AEW does trios matches every week, pretty sure, whether on Rampage or on Dynamite. In one way or another, they end up having a trios match. And they actually use the term trios, which is something that I've noticed WWE never actually says. Like, they have three-on-three matches, but they never actually say trios, trios matches. They say six-man tag. Yeah, so just, I, just an observation, sorry. No, you're 100% right. And, like, I was the one that brought us here, but that's my prediction why they were formed together. That was also my other prediction why they're smalling down the best friends. Obviously, we don't know if Dan Housen and Hook will become uh, champions. I mean, not champions, but, like, they could become a tag team. You had a third member. You built another tag team there. So they're just slowly filling them out. I want to get us back on track, so like I brought us off track. Bring us back. We're talking Usos, right? No, I was just going to spring up to the last topic of it. I want to get something else for the Usos. Uh, I just want to say that I feel like, I mean, I had made a, uh, a post earlier this week about talking about tag team wrestling, but... I feel like the Usos, by the time they retire, which I honestly don't even know how old they are, they seem ageless, in my opinion. They've been around for a while. 
by the time they retire, it's either them or FTR is going to be undoubtedly the best tag team of the whole time. Because I the mean, party still know, exists. Well, I mean, by the time they retire, I, the Road Warriors talking about whoever as a great tag team historically, in my opinion, none of them really have as much shine to them as the Usos over the last, what, 20 years or so? Um, Do the hoodies just not exist, though? Like, okay, I'm listening. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I didn't hear that. What did you just say? Oh, I said, do the Hardys not exist? Still, I mean, the Hardys have had a lot of extreme matches, yeah. But They've been around since 1995. Sure. Uh, the but Usos they- are a very dominant tag team. And they, in terms of tag team, like the Hardys have their specialty, which is more so on the extreme matches, hardcore matches end. But the Usos have won every kind of match possible. They are booked dominantly. They actually fight like a proper tag team. They're twins, so in that end also works. I just mean like they have every level of look, charisma, action, strength, experience, everything that makes them stand out as a such a strong tag team compared to the Hardys. They are great. Yeah, I like them a lot. High flyingness, I absolutely appreciate it. But I feel like each of the Usos versus each of the Hardys, solo or as a tag. The Usos actually, the, the Usos would beat them. Obviously, you can't say that now, but I mean, like, Usos in their prime, Hardy's in their prime, not in a ladder match for the titles or whatever. Just a normal that tag match. That is the most silliest take in my life. We have, to, we have to see where, okay, so. Silliest opinion. I understand what you're saying, Robbie, and it does have some I, merit, I feel like. If I respect the, the Usos a lot, man. Sorry. If the Usos can end their careers without ever having to feud or break up, they'll have a they'll have when did they debut in WWE? Twenty what? They debuted in twenty ten. They're already up to twelve years straight. They are seven time tag team champions. And this current reign is I don't know how long it is, but it looks like it's gonna go for quite a while. So they definitely will have an argument of being one of the best tag teams of all time, if not the best. I don't know if they'll be the best. But I think, like, when it's all said and done, especially if you can get them to the end of the career without splitting them, that is huge. Because, like, even the Hardys have spent so much time apart during their careers, and they've done the feuds. And I know it's great storytelling, but as a whole for a resume to never break up, that is huge. And that would be something that will forever – I mean, they're already solidified in the history of WWE and professional wrestling. But if they can get through the whole career without ever splitting up, that's definitely something that is – that most tag teams strive for to keep interested enough to be able to stick together for an entire career. Definitely. And that also means that, because you can bet that Vince McMahon has made it, has pushed them to feud so many times. And I remember Jay has feuded with, or has fought Roman, if you remember when Jimmy Uso was injured last year at some point, like I think it was in the summer or something like that, or earlier last year. Um, Jay Uso had a match against Roman. And, I mean, that was probably the only Jey Uso match that, like, as a singles competitor that I watched in entirety. And I he gained my respect there as a singles competitor. I mean, that was his time to shine, in my opinion. Even no, him on the mic was pretty good. That was, that was a great few. That was actually one of the – that was during the, um, the pandemic era, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, so that was one of the few, like, feuds I actually saw most of and, like, one of the only pay-per-views I actually tuned into in the pandemic era post-SummerSlam that year when the pandemic started. And that was definitely, like you said, that was great. That was a great setup. It was a great feud. They had a great match. And 
that was literally just the beginning of solidifying like the greatness of the Usos. Like they were already great, but to show that and then how they introduced the other Uso back and they brought it all together, like that was just a real that was one of the best storylines we probably had during the pandemic, as we did not have many good ones during that time. Yeah, no, I mean it was like I would say a third of the Roman storyline as him being a champion, you know, him basically putting his bloodline in line. Because at the beginning, they were, he had to stomp them down so that they can pledge loyalty and all that. But it's all incredibly well booked. I think that if, like, like you were saying, the only way that they can actually ruin this, I don't know how many more years Roman actually has. I don't know how many more months they make him champion for. But to be honest, with the Usos at least, like ignoring the Roman part of it, this tag team championship their reign right now i think is like the longest title reign in all time or on smackdown or whatever the hell they sell it sell it as but they have to basically i would not be mad if they make them win from here until like 2025 or 2026 and then when they give it up that's after afterwards they basically retire right after i don't want them to have this like going back and forth after they drop the titles because they're not going to be able to get the titles back and then win for another two, three years. You know what I mean? Like, this has to be a dominant, dominant reign until the end of their career, in my opinion. Maybe it's because I'm a big Uso fan. That's also another thing. I just see them. Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso are 36 years old. They're going to be 37 this year. So let's say three more years of a tag team title reign. They're trying to make Reigns, Roman Reigns, have a title reign for probably, they're, they're saying that they want to make it several more years. Or at least that's the plan at, as of now, quote-unquote. I'm not sure how that's actually going to fly, but with the tag team title belts, I hope they unify it, win it. All respect to RK-Bro, but they need to just run with it until they retire. That's all. My, that, that's the end of this topic, at least for me. No, I'm following with you. Um, so the Usos have been champions since last July, July 18, 2021, at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. They won it. So they're coming up on almost a year here in a couple of months, but... They still got some time, but I mean, when was the last time we even had a ten-month tag team reign that was this important? If we've ever, I, I mean, they they mentioned it. They've mentioned it for a couple of months now. How they're the most, uh, how they're the longest tag team title reign. I think they said of all time. I don't really know, but maybe in SmackDown history or whatever the hell. You know, they change the history books all the time. But they've been mentioning how they're the longest running whatever in SmackDown history lately. So, like, they are. I Vince hates tag teams, but I hope he doesn't taint this one. That's all. Are they? How long was Paul Wonen and Brian Kendricks? That's the only competition I can think of. How long was who? Brian Kendrick and who? Paul London back in two thousand six. You think that that was longer or more impressive of a reign than this? No, 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 not more impressive. I'm just talking lengthwise. I'm not, not sure. They because they held the titles for. It might have only been ten months, but it was a. Uh, it was quite the title reign. I remember that. That's like the like that's the closest I can think of of a tag team title reign that had this length. I don't want to say with this much interest in it because it didn't have this much interest. It was just they were just a fun tag team. That's what it was. They uh, were a fun tag team. I remember that. All because um, they had to smile at Vince McMahon like a goofball. <laughs> They definitely don't seem like they had the longest in history. I'm trying to look at their title reigns together. I mean, they seem to have won it and lost it a couple of times between 2006 and 2008. Yeah, no, the main Brian Kendrick and Rick. The main one was 06 to 07. 
That's the one I'm thinking of. They won it at, I think it was Judgment Day, and then they held it all the way till uh, they lost it to Deuce and Domino. But I think that was at No Way Out. So like I said, I think it was, it was about Armageddon. Armageddon, oh. the, the pay per view. Just because I'm to clarify it for all the other diehards out there. But yeah, um, you remember Eminem, the tag team? Yeah. Or with Molina. Just because yep. now I'm looking this back up and I'm like, wow, I'm remembering all these. Uh, yeah, the Armageddon tag title was a four-way ladder match between the Hardys, Eminem, Paul London, and Brian Kendrick. Who the hell are the last two? Oh, because one of them was Chris Benoit, so I guess that's... <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll keep it moving. So we have the last topic of the night here, now that we just went on a 20-minute rant about tag teams, which was a good conversation. Usos, best tag team of all time. Just book it. That's all. Go ahead. Um, so lastly, in recent weeks, not the recent weeks, this past week, we've had the rumors that John Cena will return this summer, whether it's for just the stadium show, uh, short feud, whatever it may be. What do you guys want to see John Cena do this summer when he returns? We've already seen him face Roman, so we're going to get something new, hopefully. So who do you want to see John Cena on the summer? I want to see him retire. That's some hater shit. I mean, I love John Cena. I think I like him now more than I ever liked him in his actual full-time career. But, like, I don't know how you go from jobbing to Roman, coming back. What feud is actually doable? How do you go from being... Elias to Ezekiel, how do you do that? Because they're brothers, so you know they're not the same person. So <laughs> duh. John Cena doesn't have a brother. Or maybe he does, I don't really know actually, but Okay, anyways, George. What do you want John Cena feud with this summer, Dakota? Um I can't think of any one component. I have two choices. I'm going to go first since you guys are thinking. The obvious one, I feel like you come back, you have him face Cody, and if it's just a way to elevate Cody even further, you just beat John Cena, the face of the company when you were there. It's kind of a pass to the torch in a different way. Obviously, not the head right now, but it's like, hey, that's very honorable. Like, you know, that solidifies him more in a spot. Or... Wherever Edge, Damian Priest, and whoever else joins this crew by August, you Ooh. have John Cena and Edge, or John Cena, I guess Priest maybe, but I think you do the John Cena and Edge one more time, 10 years later, 11, 12, 13 years later, I don't remember the last time they fought, it's got to be at least 12 years at this point, you have them do it one more time for the fans, because my other pick would be Randy, I feel like at this point it's just kind of a victory lap for Cena. Eventually, he might get that 17th reign just to break it. It's not going to be this summer, obviously. So why not have him come back? Let him have fun with Orton, Edge, all the people he used to feud with. Let him build up something meaningful. And you just don't take a spot from the younger guy. You don't put down the younger guy. I mean, obviously, you want to elevate the younger guy. But who do you want getting a pin on John Cena? At this Cody moment Rose, George, I don't know how you're going to live your life because you will bust open. Bro, my <laughs> I'm going to be cheering for both sides. You know, like when the fans go, boo, yeah, I'm going to be going, yeah, yeah, through the whole match, cheering for both oh, sides. Trust me. You're going to be so up. they change the entire time, too. Sami Zayn <laughs> would be fun. No, it wouldn't. I like Sami Zayn a lot, but Sami Zayn cannot afford a loss to, uh, to John Cena, man. And I can't really believe that he actually beats him clean. So in the end, it's like, 
Sami Zayn yeah. lost another. Feed John Cena to Veer. That actually would be probably the best way to elevate Veer in one match. Like, have, have one in one, in one John Cena returns, Veer interrupts, mauls him, boom. From now on, Veer is automatically elevated to, like, main event heel status. Hey. So, good idea, actually, there. So, who are your guys? Who are your guys? I just gave you online. I would just, I would probably be just again. Uh, probably be who? Edge. Edge, okay. I think Edge is, you guys, very good idea there. Um, I think if he actually fights Edge's faction, it has to be against Priest so that he puts Priest over. Edge doesn't need a uh, victory over John Cena. Um, but if he put, or maybe he beats Edge and Priest beats him after that, that would make sense too. What if, uh, like, an NX, so, like, go back to 2010, you run the Nexus, like, type of match again, where it's, like, a, so I guess at this point we'll say Damian Priest and uh, Edge get one more member or two more. You do a three-on-three three or four-on-four four elimination, but this time you do it right. The young guys go over on Cena instead of Cena going over on them. Yeah, the, the way I see it now, John Cena is not going to come back so that he can be winning. He has to put young guys over. I can't see him put Edge over, but he can put Priest over. Priest would need that. Um, I think Veer or him against any of these new heels, Omos, for example, sure, that makes sense in my opinion. But how we get there, I can't really see where the buildup goes. We all know John Cena is going to come at one point, and he's just going to do his whole look at the camera, good to be back, run into the ring, make a promo about, I don't know, the champ is here. I don't know what, what he says now. But Someone's going to interrupt it, and that's how the next feud starts. Now that I think about it, after you mentioned it, I definitely would go with Veer. They want to push Veer so hard, that would be the fastest, easiest way to push Veer. Push Make him maul Rey Mysterio, and then after that, go to John Cena. Incredible. I mean, by the okay. end of the year, he deserves to be a big-time star then. You know? It's going to be a lot of fun when Cena returns. He's going to put people in the seats again, like he did last summer. You're going to see their numbers go up in every aspect possible. And hopefully they will finally release that stupid shirt he wore at SummerSlam last year that you could only get through the stupid N- um, NFT purchase. That is my hope. Did you hear about how um, they started selling some Vince McMahon shirt and a fake hundred or fake $1 billion bill on WWE store? And they're no selling it now. It's a package for $100. A fake a fake billion dollar bill and a Vince McMahon shirt for a hundred bucks. That is almost as stupid as putting a John Cena shirt with an NFT and making it a bundle. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand what the hell the premise of that was, but maybe there's a reason with theory going on. Um, so are we going to end it on this, or are we going to talk about how now that we're talking, now that we're this is actually clicking in front of all of us? It seems like the summer is going to be. Punk versus Cena in terms of AEW versus WWE, Punk versus Cena in the ratings, like the biggest ratings drop. Cena is obviously coming back for a ratings push, or he is, he's going to facilitate a ratings. WWE Cena? will destroy the ratings. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, That's come on, when we're talking Cena versus Punk. Who's in Hollywood? You know, like uh, absolutely. John Cena will easily overtop CM Punk. I no no I agree. I'm not de- I'm not de- denying that at all. I'm just saying. Punk is probably going to be champion before Cena actually returns because the way it looks now, he's going to be no, champion at up or nothing, right? 
But the problem yeah. is, once Cena comes back, everyone's going to watch because of Cena. They're going to get more views because of Cena. Their reviews are going to be better because of Cena. The seats are going to be more yeah. full because of Cena. It's I Cena. Love, I love this hypothetical like idea, though, because that is really cool. Like you said, that just did just click in front of us because I know you just thought of that, and that yeah. makes 100% sense in my head. And that is really freaking cool to see like 10 years later, 10 years after the big feud, the money in the bank, the comeback, the summer of punk, for it to be the what is this? Is this the second the third summer of punk, isn't it? His first one was in ROH, the second was in 2010 or 2011, whatever year that was, 2011. And this mm-hmm. will be the third if he gets the title. So that's really yeah. cool to see. And it's it's like very like obviously it'd be cool if they're in the same company, but it's very uh, full circle to see. Yeah. It'll be cool to see as both are towards the twilights of their career. Obviously, both still have years to go, but as they're around the wind down of their careers, to see them go head-to-head in a different format. It's going to be funny when John Cena, like you were saying, John Cena obviously is going to win the ratings battle, but, I mean, I'm hoping Punk actually pulls AEW up because if Punk is champion and AEW doesn't get better, I mean, they're on the fast road to cancellation, so, you know. See, they, won't, they won't cancel because TNA still hasn't gotten canceled. But, right, but it'll they're not, they're not gonna reach TNA 2008 levels at all ever, unless they do more sports entertainment, and they're not gonna do that. So, well, I mean, they have the owner of the term sports entertainer trademark, Chris Jericho. So maybe they're gonna move into sports entertainment. Chris Jericho will move back over to WWE within two and a half years. Not at all. No way. Okay. They said the same about Cody, but okay. No. Well, with Cody, he sold out. With Chris Jericho, he doesn't need to sell out. Chris Jericho is going to go from here to retirement, man. He's going to be here. For, he's going to go from here to commentator or backstage role. There's no I way. Po- okay. I, I apologize. Okay. Are we arguing about Chris Jericho never coming back to WWE? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Apparently. Apparently. I don't know. I, I was. I was. I was looking at something on the shop website. You're wrong, though. Whoever said he's not, you're completely wrong. Chris Jericho will end his career under Vince McMahon's eye. Watch. Why? Thank you. Why do you Thank think you. that? Because why? Because he gave him his career, and he he even said before that Chris, that Vince gave him his whole career. I just think I just think yeah. it's like, like I feel like it's kind of like Danielson, Moxley, all of these WWE guys in AEW. They're over there. They're trying to help the new company. They're kind of giving back to the wrestling world. A lot yeah. of them, though are going to end up back in WWE. That's just like it's the pinnacle. It's where a lot of them got their, their big starts. It's where they became big. And it's just, it's where it all comes full circle. And I just see them all. I see them all. Vince and Vince will always pay the bag. and That's true, too. It doesn't even have to be like a full-time ending thing. It could be that one-off thing for Saudi. Yeah, there's absolutely no way in hell Jericho does not end up back in WWE. There's not a single drop in hell that he does not. See, I wish I could make a bet on this, but I feel like three years from now or whatever, we're probably not going to remember this bet. So, oh, I, I will one hundred percent remember. I will put a, I will put a reminder in my phone for every day. That way, I can remind you. Okay, I will, deal. I will bet my literal. If I have a house at this point, which I better, I will literally bet you my house because that's how confident Dakota, I. Dakota, I will name my firstborn Dakota if you're right. Please do not do that to them <laughs> or to me. That's the bet. Okay, I um, guess I mean, yeah. I wanted you to have my like have your victory announced in my family forever, but okay. The way I see it, oh, on this note also. So, why I also if you think Cody Rhodes is going to retire in the WWE, 
is that something that you guys would say probably aligns with this topic? Do you agree? I don't, no, I don't, I don't think, think I don't think, I don't think, think that's that's that. you go Dakota. Nope, you're good. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I don't think that's as surefire as uh some of the other stuff we've been talking about. I mean, sure it can happen, but I feel like this is another case like like the way like these guys kind of owe a lot to WWE. Cody kind of owes a lot to AEW, so like to see him go back exactly. that wouldn't be surprising. Um, so yes. I won't say Cody, but. As for some of those other names we've argued about, a lot of names will go back. And maybe they won't retire with WWE, but a lot of them do have one more WWE run in their back pockets. Dude, I love Chris Jericho. I think he's great as a wrestler. I don't think he's that great on the, uh, as a commentator, but he'll get better. I just cannot see Chris Jericho going doing the same thing as Cody Rhodes and having one last hurrah as a wrestler in, in WWE. In terms of him ending everything on like good terms with wwe i absolutely can understand that he's not when he retires if they don't make him a hall of famer within i don't want to say first ballot let's say within the first three to five years of him retiring then that's absolutely a spiteful move but the way i see it cody rhodes will probably be the first inductee to like the AEW hall of fame because AEW is they're going to survive then they're going to have to you know set their historical records and everything they're going to need a hall of fame i believe even tna has a fucking hall of fame you know what i mean yeah, yeah so this is where chris we talked about this once cody rhodes has said that he wants to retire when he's 40 he has three years he'll be 39 he'll he's not going to come back for like a whole big run in the AEW. he'll come back so that he can actually retire as a Hall of Famer there or whatever, and he'll have basically retired on good terms with both companies. There's no way that Chris Jericho bounces off over there just because if he is, that means he's getting like a backstage producer role. I think that Tony Khan definitely sees a lot of value in Chris Jericho because even though he wasn't one of those EVPs and all that, if you guys realize, Chris Jericho was pretty much one of like him, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, they were the beginning of AEW. Chris Jericho has been there since day one. Like, the, as same thing as Cody Rhodes. I don't know who's put in more effort or whatnot, but Chris Jericho is definitely someone that has been there since day one, and he deserves to get the respect. I think he's going to transition very much into a commentator role. Jim Ross is not going to be around forever. He's going to have to retire sooner or later. He's already only doing, like, basically Dynamite and not Rampage. They're setting up Chris Jericho so he can be a commentator role. I really like that so. idea. I've never thought of that, but I could see that too. No, and I'm, I don't know. I just feel like the last place we see Jericho in a wrestling ring will be WWE. Maybe he does spend the next five, ten years with AEW. I wouldn't be mad at him, and I would probably appreciate that because Jericho is an all-time great. It's just, I feel like Dakota said, like Jericho said in previous interviews, like it's just kind of one of those inevitable things, like we see him back there one more time. And even if it is just for the Hall of Fame, like, I still think he does one more off thing, like, even if it's, like, a Legends thing. But, you know, we get him the Legends contract. He gets the WWE 2K appearances for his in-game model. He gets the Hall of Fame, and he does, like, one last storyline, puts someone over in WWE. He could do all that without having to actually go back in the ring. Besides the putting the one person over, but I feel like, I just feel like that comes with the Legends contract. It's like, hey, we're going to use you one more time on TV. Like, they signed Sting for that legend stuff way before they ever put him on TV. He ended up on TV. Same with Goldberg all those years later with 2K. Hey, we got Goldberg for the game. Oh, Goldberg one more time. So that's why I just feel like it's all kind of 
in the deal. Those are the two examples off the top of my head of like how I'm seeing how this goes. It's valid. I mean, time will tell. That's all I can say. I just don't see the rumor about FTR moving to WWE. They literally paid money to get out of that contract and them going back like that just doesn't make sense to me. So. No, I feel you. FTR, I don't know. I mean, they'll go where the money goes, where they can get the most uh, reaction, the most fame, and where they can wrestle the most. So we'll have to see. Like I said um, to you the other day, and then we'll wrap this up, the whole WWE thing started because they said at first that they'd be open to it. And that was right before, if you notice, like the timeline of things, this was probably like early March when they said that. Because it was right before AEW started putting them in all these high-profile matches and like, started their way every week. So that's the only reason why, like, like AEW's picked up their shit in the last month with FTR. But prior to the last month, they weren't using them correctly. They were using them almost just as poorly as WWE was at times. But now that they've picked it up, obviously the talks are going to look slow. The room, It's just going to look like a big, fat rumor. So we just have to kind of see how they finish out the year with them, I guess. FTR made it, said that their New Year's resolution and all this, and they've been really pushing. This is my last comment, I promise. But FTR has been saying that their goal this year is not to make the most money. They said their goal this year is to etch themselves in the history books in around the world as the best tag team of all time. So that's where, I mean, yeah, I don't disagree that after them saying things like that, that's where they're getting their AEW push. But they're not giving up those AAA tag titles. They're going to fight in Japan apparently later. They're they're doing a lot everywhere because they need to. They're trying to solidify them in their record books, which I respect. That's why I don't see them willing to give up all of this whole goal that they have so that they can go sell back out to WWE. No, I feel that we'll just have to wait and see. I hope AEW keeps using them correctly though, because they deserve to be used like this, and they yeah. they really like. They've really been enjoyable. Like I, I wasn't the biggest FTR fan until I started the last few months. But it was really the first match with um, God. Do you know how long this was? It was whatever their match was. I think it was Penta and Phoenix were still champions. I think it was January. It was right before they broke. He broke his arm and they lost it. They had a match on Rampage, and I messaged David and I was mm-hmm. like, I actually enjoyed that FTR match tremendously. Like most times, it was like. They're good wrestlers, but they don't stand out. You know, they kind of were more like textbook. It was just like, hey, we're a good wrestler. We're solid. But they've really like started like, I feel like they've hit another level similar to Andrade in AEW. And as of recently. Andrade has been jobbing his fucking ass off and I don't like it. No, I don't. He deserves deserves a win, man. We're going to save this. We're going to save this for next week because I want to talk about Andrade because he's also turned me into a fan recently. So we'll touch on this next week. So that's it for us today. That was episode four of PWW Talks. We gave you another hour of content. You guys can say goodbye, and then I'll get us out of here. Who wants to see Zeke speak? Nobody that believes the Usos are better than the Hardys. Someone's a hater. And that, that is the final comments from us today. We will be back next week. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>